Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So we started this series off last weekend, and we talked about, we're talking about the greater one, the greater one being in us. The greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. And so we're going to finish that out this weekend as we get ready now to get into the Easter season starting next weekend. And you know, we've been going with this theme for a while now, and and again, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit has orchestrated this message to come specifically even at this weekend. We know that sometimes we can be overwhelmed with circumstances in life that we face. If you've been out shopping anywhere these past few days, uh, it's like, what the heck is going on? As everyone lost their minds. But, you know, let's make sure that we don't get caught up in it. Let's make sure that we, we use wisdom. Go get the things that you need. Put the stuff in your house. Get, get you know... Do what you need to do to have peace of mind. But listen, do it in faith. Never do anything in fear. Amen? Amen? Now, last week we talked about Elijah, powerful prophet of God. We talked about the fact that one incident in his life, he faces off to hundreds of false prophets. Okay? And, and in the first Kings chapter 18, it tells us that at one point there was an encounter. And this encounter was going to prove who is the true God. And so Elijah sets himself up on one side and the false prophets on the other. And the false, he allows the false prophets to come and, 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 and have the first shot at it. And so they build an altar. They sacrifice an animal on it, put the bull on there. They cut up the flesh and they put the whole sacrifice together. And, that, and then they start crying out to their God, Baal. And the Bible tells us they cried out all, all day, the morning, all afternoon, even until the time of the evening sacrifice later in the evening. And then finally, then uh, Elijah's taunting them from the sidelines, like, maybe you better yell a little bit louder. Maybe he's gone out of town. Maybe he doesn't hear you. Because he knows nothing's going to happen. Because why? Because Baal's not the true God. Amen? And so, so you're familiar with the story. At least I hope you are. Or maybe if you haven't, please go listen to the message from last weekend in detail. And so, and so later in the evening, Elijah rebuilds the altar of the Lord. And he, he takes a bull, slays it, sacrifices it, cuts it up, and puts it on the altar. And then after a short prayer to God, instantaneously, fire from heaven consumes the sacrifice, consumes the wood, the stones, the water that they had soaked the sacrifice with. Everything is consumed by the fire of God that came out of heaven. And the people know this is the true God. God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the true God. Amen? Amen. So a short time later, the wicked king Ahab, who's the king of Israel at that time, tells his demon-possessed wife, Jezebel, who was supporting these false prophets, that Elijah killed all these prophets. Now, it got her a little bent out of shape, and, and, uh, to say the least. And so she sends a messenger to find Elijah. And again, I'm just reviewing here. We're going to get into the rest of this message in just a few minutes, but for the sake of those that may not have been here. So, so she finds out that all of her false prophets who she's been supporting, she's been providing for, she's been protecting, have been slain, have been slaughtered by Elijah, the prophet of God. And so she sends a messenger. This messenger brings a, a, a statement 
to Elijah, and he says to Elijah, here's what the queen says. By this time tomorrow afternoon, you're going to be in the same position that those prophets were. In other words, within 24 hours, you're going to be dead. And so, and so the mighty man of God, the mighty man who called down fire from heaven, allows these words to sink in his, in his soul and produce a picture that caused him to run and to flee and to panic and to just run and run to the supermarket and buy all the toilet paper and run to the... And, and he's, he's running to every Costco in the land looking for cases of water. Hallelujah. I couldn't help but I had to throw that one in. I know I'm going to hear about it later. So, so, so Elijah goes from powerful to pitiful, and he forgot that the greater one was with him. And God, again, we're reviewing a little bit here. God has created us with the ability to imagine, to create images on the inside, but we're supposed to use it for good and not allow the words and the threats and, 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 and fear to get in our hearts and cause us to panic and to make wrong decisions and to, to, to just flee. Jesus warned us of formulating pictures that would drain us of our faith. You remember we talked about this last week. Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus speaking said, therefore, take no thought saying. What did Elijah do? Elijah took thoughts and began to say, we got to get out of here. She's going to kill me. And so Jesus says, we're to take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal, what shall we be clothed with? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, you know what? We need to say this all together. Ready? One, two, three. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. Yeah, somebody said go ahead. Yeah, all right. Your heavenly Father knows you need toilet paper. Your heavenly Father knows you need water. Your heavenly Father knows you need groceries. Your heavenly Father knows these things. Okay, now, is, is it wisdom to go and be prepared? Absolutely, it's wisdom to be prepared, but not like a wild-eyed maniac, like knocking old ladies down and stepping on little kids. We don't do that stuff, right? Amen. So, Here's what we need to, to really hold on to, and we need to really make this so emblazed in our hearts that when circumstances are trying to instill fear in you, go to the word and let it speak to you. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Go to the word of God and let it speak to you. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I'm sure many of us are familiar with the scripture, but man, has it taken on a whole new dimension this week. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, say it with me nice and loud, but a power and a love and a sound mind. So he's not given me an attitude of cowardice or timidity or insecurity, but a power, power, ability from another realm, superior to the, to the realm where my circumstances. Do you realize that we have the agent of change on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, who has power he is power, and he brings that power from another realm. He's not bringing power from the natural realm. He's bringing power from the supernatural realm 
into the natural realm. Amen. And guess what? You're the recipient of it and you're the distributor of it. Hallelujah. So he's given me, he's given me power. He's given me love. He's given me a sound mind. Love never fails. And he's given me a sound mind to be able to be sober and clear-minded and stable-minded and to be able to think clearly in times of stress and in times of pressure. He causes us to make the right decisions. Proverbs 28.1 says this. I love this scripture. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Why? Why? Why can we bold? How can we be bold as a lion? Because we've got the greater one living on the inside of us. Turn to somebody right now, nice and loud, with confidence. Say, we have the greater one living inside us. Come on, do it. Do it. We have the greater one living inside of us. Now, bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Now, we have the greater one living inside no, I got the greater one living inside me. And even if my knees start to knock together, guess what? His never do. Now listen, here's the message. You and I could never forget, and I'm telling you, man, if I hadn't put these notes together a while ago, I would have been guilty myself of saying, we just, you're just working, off the, just working off the headlines. Oh, my God, I am so glad that I put this message together weeks ago. Do not forget that in every battle, there is more than what meets the eye. Let's not get into it. We all know on the inside, there is more than what meets the eye. Amen. Now, thank God we have the person on the inside of us that knows what's going on behind the scenes, that knows. In fact, turn to somebody else, turn to somebody, listen to me, listen to me, say this, I have inside information. When we tap in, listen, 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 when we tap into the realm of the spirit, we see things through the eyes of the spirit. In order to win battles in the spirit, we must see from the perspective of the Spirit. We've got the Holy Ghost living inside of us. And listen, listen, listen. Even though our mind might go into tilt, he is aware of everything that's going on in the natural realm. But listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Not only is he aware of what's going on in the natural realm, what's more importantly, he is aware of what's going on in the Spirit realm. You listening? John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit on the night he's betrayed. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will what? Speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. That's one that we're going to have to hold on to real tight and real close to our hearts, that promise. You know what's so awesome? About, well, let me read the whole thing, and I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to say something here. because I, want, I really want to drill this home in this teaching. He said, it will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears from heaven, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. We should never be taken by surprise with anything. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine. Jesus is talking. He said, he's going to take what's from me, 
and he's going to declare it to you. Now, now, listen to me. We have had this tendency, some of us, I know I did in the past, that anything that has to do with the Holy Spirit's activity, you follow me? That anything that has to do with the Holy Spirit's activity can only be subject to the Holy Spirit himself. In other words, if a miracle is going to happen, it's going to be the Spirit moving that way. It's going to be his will. If, 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 if the Holy Spirit is going, to, um, is going to speak to someone in, let's say, uh, a, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, in other words, something that, that, that nobody else could know, and then the Holy Spirit speaks to someone and shows them or shows them the future. So we think, well, you just got to go about your business, and if it happens, it happens. It's all according to his will. That's true in some cases, but it is not true here. Why? Because here we have a specific promise from Jesus. When you have a specific promise spelled out in the word, in the word you don't have to wait. You can take hold of it and see it manifest now. Amen? Amen? Amen. Are you listening to me? What do you mean, Pastor? This is what I mean. Jesus promised us. Number one, he wasn't going to leave us like orphans. Number two, when this one comes, the spirit of truth, he's going to tell you things to come. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to take what is of Jesus and give it to us. That is a promise in the word. So I don't have to sit around and wait for, if I could put it this way without getting in trouble, I don't have to sit around and wait for the anointing to rise up on me to receive this. Why? Because Jesus gave me a promise. And just like I acted on the promise that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I can move on this promise and say, Lord, you said that the Holy Spirit would show me things to come. I'm standing on that promise. I'm expecting a manifestation of it. You see the difference? Good. So it's the Holy Spirit that gives us inside information. You and I have a direct line to headquarters in heaven, and he lives in you. Amen. Now, I'm going to show you a perfect example of this in the life of Elisha. Not Elijah, Elisha. Okay, could you say that, please? Elisha. Okay. In 2 Kings chapter 6, all right? Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted his servants and saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. Now, this is the king of Syria. He's, he's devising a plan, a campaign to invade Israel. Okay? Watch this now. So he consults his servants, and he's saying to all his military men, here's where our camp is going to be in such and such a place. Verse 9. And the man of God, we're talking about who? Elisha. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. What, what's happened here? What's happened here? Elisha is in Israel. The king of Syria is in Damascus. The king of Syria is making his plans. The Holy Spirit is showing Elisha. This is what the king is doing in Syria. What does he do? He goes to the king of Israel and says, uh, don't, don't go down to such and such a place. Because the Syrians are coming. 
And this happened over and over again. Verse 10. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place at which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, verse 11, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He's like, what's going on here? Every time I send my soldiers someplace, they know about it ahead of time. Are you catching this? So, so, so. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, "Which will, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's the spy? Who's leaking the information out? Yes or no? Are you following this? Yes. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. That's freaky. <laughs> so the king says, all right, I've heard about this guy. Go and see where he is that I may send and get him. In other words, let's get rid of this problem here. Let's go get this guy so that we stop our plan, stop getting thwarted every time we make a plan. The king of Israel knows about it already. Verse 14, now follow me closely here. Therefore, he, the king of Syria, sent horses and chariots and a great army there. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped, I skipped to verse 13. So we said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan, the city of Dothan, okay? Verse 14, therefore, he, the king of Syria, sent horses and chariots, a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God, Elisha's servant, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? He wakes up in the morning. Don't forget, this is ancient times. There are, there's no lighting around the city. There's no traffic lights. There's, no, there's nothing. There's no headlights on chariots. There's, there's nothing. It's dark. So he wakes up the next morning, gets out there. He's going to put the coffee on, and he opens, looks, push, pulls back the drapes and goes, oh, my God, we're surrounded. When he rose early and went out, and there was an army. Alas, my master, what shall we do? Oh, my God, verse 16. So he, Elisha, answers the servant and says, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, you're saying that now because you know the end of the story. But imagine what that servant must have said. He's flipped. Because right now there's me and there's you, and there's a whole army out there. And there's not only an army, there's an army with horses and chariots. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed because he realizes this guy's not getting it. So Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. You missed that part. According to the word of Elisha. 
according to the word of Elisha. He had the ability to speak. Say, Lord, strike them with blindness. He was being nice. He didn't kill them. He just struck them with blindness. Why? These are innocent men. They're just following the orders of their crazy king. You listen, are you listening? Yes. So, so what do we got going on here? The greater one was with them. Now, now watch this now. Watch this now. You and I are surrounded by a lot of stuff right now. Our, our thoughts, if we're not careful, we can walk around and just imagine things. Every time somebody sneezes, you, 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 every time somebody coughs, you know, we, we don't see what's, what's, what's invisible right now, okay? But watch this now. The horses and the chariots of fire did not appear when the young man's eyes were open. The horses and the chariots of fire were there all the time. They were already there. They were already in place. The, the God Almighty knew already what the king of Syria was going to do, and God Almighty was obligated to protect Elisha. Just the young man couldn't see it. You and I are walking through life, and we have no idea what's coming at us. We have no idea what God, what God has, has, has thwarted. We have no idea the cars that were supposed to hit us. We have no idea the germs that were supposed to affect us. We have no idea the calamities that were supposed to overtake us. But he's got horses and chariots of fire and angels of fire that are surrounding you. God knows what you're facing. God knows what's coming your way. God knows what's going to come your way 10 years from now. He's got everything in place. But watch this now. If Elisha didn't, wasn't proactive and didn't take action, this poor young man's thoughts would have tormented him. There's an army outside that's looking to get Elisha. And guess who's standing next to Elisha? This young man. So whatever happens to Elisha, it's going to happen to him. We have inside information. He has his angels assigned to us, even as we, as we, even as we read Psalm 91. He has his angels assigned to us. Therefore, don't, don't despair. Don't panic. This is, the, this is what he was saying to the young man. Come on, come on, what's the matter with you? You're with me. We're good. Stop panicking. Stop, stop looking. Close the drapes. Stop looking out the window. Don't worry about all these chariots and all these men and all these soldiers and all these horses. The greater one's with us. Why? Because I got inside information. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. He's already in you. There's no need to be crying for help to come from somewhere else, the helper, listen, 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 the helper is on the inside of you. He's the one who takes hold together with us against anything that the enemy would try to put in our path. Amen? Amen. Again, listen, listen. In order to win battles in the spirit, we must see from the perspective of the spirit. You cannot fight spiritual battles when you're constantly 
constantly focused on natural things. Okay, you cannot fight spiritual battles when you're constantly focused on natural things. Okay? Now, let me read you these scriptures because these are probably some of the most important scriptures we're going to read in this message. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. If you ever want to pray for me, if you ever want to pray for the leadership of this church, if you ever want to pray for one of the campus pastors, my advice to you is to pray Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, verse 16, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know what the hope of his calling is. And usually we stop there. I want to continue. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Who believes? So it's towards you who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Watch this now, watch this now. And seated him, Christ, at his right hand in heavenly places. Say it with me. Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And verse 22 goes on to say, and, well, oh my gosh, and he, Christ, put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, to the church, which is his body, to the church, which, who's his body? To the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now watch, 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 watch. Stop. Let me explain something here. The scriptures teach us that when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven, he took a position of finality. He took a position of completion. He took a position. He took the position that he said on the cross, it is finished. And he sat at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Okay? He is seated in heavenly places. He is far above every ranking of the kingdom of darkness. But guess who's with him? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Verse 6. Where's Jesus? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Where is he? High above, far above, every, every trick of the enemy, every disease, every sickness, every calamity, every tragedy, every evil spirit, every manifestation of darkness. He is far above Look at verse 6. And he raised us up together and made us all together, to, uh, made us all sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, now let's say verse 6 together. Ready? One, two, three. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your body is sitting here. Your spirit is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Verse 7 goes on to say that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God desires to display his goodness, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, his omnipotence, his almightiness through you and through me. We're already positioned above every attack. We're already positioned above every virus. We're already positioned above every adversity. Now we fight. Now, now listen, 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 listen. Because now we fight from a seated position. We fight from a place of authority. We fight. We don't fight in a beggarly manner. We fight. We speak. Who do you think you're messing with? Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And because of where we're seated. I'm so, oh, man, this is good. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch. You and I must fight our battles from that vantage point. I'm not trying to be the king of the hill. I'm already the king of the hill, and I'm going to come against anything that's going to try to pull me out of that position. But watch this now. If you allow fear, if you allow fear to overtake you, you start sliding off the seat. Now, watch this. Are we in Christ? And he's seated where? At the right hand of the Father. Okay, so, so, so here's the Father. At the Father's right hand is Jesus. I'm in Christ. That means if I look to my left, who's sitting next to me? God, the Father, in all his majesty, in all his radiant power, in all his magnificence, in all of everything you could possibly describe as attributes of God Almighty. Are you getting this? Where do we fight from that position that it's already done? From that position that he has already, he's already won the battle. He's already won the victory. He's already confronted these these adversities. He's already defeated these things. He's already conquered sickness, disease, spiritual death, physical death, everything that's contrary to the word of God, he's already defeated. And guess what? If you're a believer, if you have confessed Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you invited him into your life, guess what? When you invited him into your life, you were welcomed into his life. Are you getting this? Then say this with me. He raised us up together. I'm seated in heavenly places. I see every challenge from heaven's perspective. Say this with me. I'm not on my own. He is with me, whether I see him or not. Because even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, we bless you. Father, we praise you. Father, we worship you. Father, all gratitude, thanksgiving, you are the joy of our hearts, Father. And we will not take thoughts saying anything that's contrary to your will, anything that's contrary to your word, anything that's contrary to your promises. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above 
far above every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness, anything from the kingdom of darkness, Father. We dangle our feet above that kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the manifestations of your glory. We thank you for the manifestations of your power. We thank you, Father God, that we've got inside information. Therefore, we will not fear because you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And we take hold of that right now. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.